Welcome to Sunny in Seattle with your host, Sunny Joy. And coming up on today's show, it's of course the first Friday of the month. And with that, we welcome back Dr. Alessandra Duke. And the two of the ladies will be chatting about following your intuition to make life moves and living your mostly great life. More on that right now on Sunny in Seattle. And now I welcome your host for the day, Sunny Joy and Dr. Alessandra Duke. And good morning, everyone. Welcome to Sunny in Seattle. I am one of the hosts, Sunny Joy McMillan, joined by Dr. Alessandra Duke. Yes. Hello. <laughs> yes. And well, we're here together on the first Friday of the month, but Sunny in Seattle is here every Friday from 9 to 10 a.m. on Alternative Talk, 1150 a.m., KK&W. Always bringing you amazing coaches, teachers, authors, and healers who are on a mission to encourage you, inspire you, and give you tools to live a life filled with peace, joy, freedom, and purpose. It is radio that positively shines. And if you can't catch the show live, you can always access the show archives at 1150kknw.com. Um, you can also connect with me via Facebook. And, of course, I'm there by my name, Sunny Joy McMillan. But we also have a page for the show, which is Sunny in Seattle Radio. And there you can see links to upcoming guests and things that we talk about. Um, you can find out more about me and connect with me for coaching uh, at goldenoversoul.com. That's my website. Um, and I do want to do a little plug. Uh, my book, Unhitched, Unlock Your Courage and Clarity and Unstick Your Bad Marriage, does have a landing page now where you Yay. can get a free copy of the book. Great. Yeah, unhitchedbook.com. And um, that's, of course, the electronic version. I should have print copies during the summer, which is really exciting. But I better get an autograph copy. Heck yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Locked in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but if you want to grab your... Oh, yes, of course. Whoever yeah, wants one. <laughs> I'm going to be ordering lots of print copies that I can pass Woo! around. Yes, my goal is to give away many free books. Um, but if you would like to download your free copy right now, you can do that at unhitchedbook.com. And I'm going to turn it over to Dr. Alessandra Duke so she can tell you a little bit about herself and all mm-hmm. of her little plugs for her stuff. Yes, thank you. Um, I am a psychologist here in the Seattle area, and I, I work with all kinds of folks working on all kinds of issues, and I would say primarily I've been working with uh, women entrepreneurs, helping them to build a life and business that they really love most of the time. <laughs> um, yeah. And um, my information is at um, Alessandra Duke. Com, so just my first name, last name, dot com. And I also started a, um, a group for to support women entrepreneurs or um, folks who have a um, side hustle or just want to live a bigger and more colorful life. And that has a new website that was just released maybe a month ago. And that is at SeattleLadyBosses.com. Woohoo! Yay! Um, yeah, I was going to say, I, go ahead and mention now and then we'll mention it again, mm-hmm. but isn't the Lady Boss June Social coming up? Thank you, Sunny, for bringing that up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it just so happens that on June 5th. Well played, Sunny. Yes. <laughs> subtle. Yeah, very subtle. By chance, <laughs> very good. is that event coming? Um, yes, on June the 5th, I'm very excited, on June 5th at 7 p.m., at a location in, um, on Capitol Hill called Soul Repair. It is uh, a beautiful event space. They are hosting Lady Bosses for this month, and it is our um, our summer social event. So really that just means um, similar to our gatherings where we come together in the large group and then in smaller groups. So it doesn't have to have that 
weird kind of networking vibe that people feel very uncomfortable around. Um, it is facilitated, but also we're going to have uh, giveaways, drinks, snacks, gorgeous lighting. Really, I'm just really excited about the ambiance of this space. <laughs> In no particular order. Yeah, oh my gosh. <laughs> what I'm is so this? Because it's Soul Repair, but it's spelled S-O-L-E. Yeah, so what, wouldn't you think it's S O U L? I, I yes. would. That's what I thought. Either that or a shoe repair store. Okay. Another great be. question, Sonny. <laughs> yeah, so I'm just curious. <laughs> Your inquisitive Sharp. mind Sharp. is amazing. <laughs> yeah, it, I initially when I heard it, I thought, ooh, soul repair. Like yeah. you go there and your soul feels repaired. But yes. actually, I think, I believe it was a soul repair, like a shoe Shoes. repair oh, okay. shop. And, and it's sense. one of those neat spaces, um, you know, the lofty. Lofty kind of ceilings and exposed uh-huh. brick kind of thing. So I think hey. at one point it was a repair shop. Yeah. Okay. Well, I was very excited. I, I didn't actually look it up. I thought I would just ask you about it today. But yes, I will be there. And um, if people do want to join one more time, where's the best way for them to register or find yes. out? Yes. Yeah. I want to say one more thing about the venue. Oh, yeah, please do. I think that this is an <laughs> example of manifesting because I'm always looking for event spaces for lady bosses in yeah. Seattle. And I had come across this event space um, last year when I was looking for spaces, and I just thought, what a dream. I would love to have an event there, but I thought, uh-huh. we just, <clears throat> I don't have the funding for it at this point unless yeah. we had a major sponsor or something like that. But gosh, what a dream. And then the woman who runs the event space came to our last Lady Bosses meeting, came what? right up to me and said, I'd love to have Lady Bosses here at this space. See, that is an example. Yes. Uh, yes. That's, but- I think, why I'm really excited about it. Oh, I like that because that actually feeds really well into our conversation today mm-hmm. because um, from what you're saying, you held on to that, but mm-hmm. not too tightly. So it's kind of one of those where you're like, that would be awesome and then release yes. it to the universe and then it yes. gently comes back. And that's how it always works, right? When I when I have seen clear evidence of things manifesting, it's always when I hold it lightly and I yep. just think how awesome that would be. And that and that's pretty much it. And, yeah. and not... And I think uh, more recently, I get a little bit more rigid or, um, yeah. I don't know, just graspy. holding on to like, yeah, graspy, like this yeah. has to work out. Um, so, yeah, I think that it was just a really good example of that. Um, and if people want to come check it out, if they want to sign up, you can go to SeattleLadyBosses.com uh-huh. and uh, there's an events page and you can just click on that and awesome. get registered. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. It's just $20 too. And that includes... You know, an hour and 45 minutes of getting to know awesome people, mm-hmm. drinks, snacks, and opportunity to win some cool prizes. And apparently a very beautiful space. Apparently. Yes. <laughs> I hope it's, it's all like that right. I talked it up to me. I love it. Yeah. Well, so, okay, it's feeding into that topic that I wanted to talk about today. So just to preface it, uh, I just returned last night from a week in Northern California. Mm-hmm. And um, and I timed it. I didn't want to miss another first Friday with you. So that's why we ended up, I, we left oh. on Saturday um, right before Memorial Day. And we came back last night. So not quite mm. a full week, but close. And you it was, did it so that you'd be back for first Yes, because I oh. missed the March one of, that we did because of the conference that I was confused yeah. on. Anyway. So I didn't want that to happen right again. Yeah, <laughs> it is. And, and, you know, you can always do this remotely, but it's more fun when we're in the studio yeah. together. She missed me. So, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we always, we want Benny. Yeah, so yeah. yeah. Speaking of Benny, how was your week while oh, I was great. gone? Oh, continue on, ladies. It's your show. <laughs> no, <laughs> Don't mind me. Benny, just it's a quick check-in. I'm great, but thank you very much. Okay. It's a show with the side of Benny. It's totally fine. <laughs> yeah. Oh, quick shout out to my friend Leslie who's listening. She's a big time fan now. Oh, Leslie. Hey, Leslie. Woo-hoo. Um, yeah, so 
of course, I was gone all week, and um, I'm still kind of in vacation mode. Today is blocked on my calendar, so after I leave the studio, I'm going back home. But the thing is, I moved to Seattle in 2012, and I moved here. I would say everything about my move to Seattle was just total synchronicities and following Mm. breadcrumbs. I just knew I wanted to move back to the West Coast after my divorce. L.A. felt really um, painful to me, which is where I'd spent, you know, 50% 50% of my time with mm-hmm. my ex-husband from 2007 to 2011. So I just knew, okay, well, maybe somewhere, you know, north of L.A. Yeah. And then, of course, I met my current partner, and he's from Seattle. And basically, I moved here sight unseen, didn't know anyone except him um, and his lovely family who welcomed mm-hmm. me with open arms. But I didn't know, you know, what I was going to do when I got here. I'm not licensed to practice law in Washington. I knew I didn't want to anyway. So I just kind of stumbled my way up here. Um, And I shouldn't even say stumbled. It was more just I just showed up for the things that felt like um, a full body yes. Mm -hmm. Um, And so here I sit after five, almost sorry, six, what will it be, six years in August um, having lived here. I have this amazing community, um, you know, that includes you and Kelsey, oh, your partner. Um, uh, it includes, you know, the, the uh, KKNW. It includes East West Bookshop and the spiritual community. It includes the Martha Beck community here. It's just been amazing. So I have mm-hmm. some some roots that are here. But I have to be really honest and say I am feeling that, that urge in my heart again, something pulling me um, to just a huge curiosity and joy around exploring Northern California, which Mm -hmm. is what we did. Now, Sunny in Seattle will not be going anywhere. Like I will, I don't care where (laughs) I'm going to be like uh, Manson Mitchell. And if I, you know, they're in Sarasota now, the show will go with me wherever I go. So any listeners who are panicking a little bit. (laughs) I don't think anybody's panicking. I just want to know like, this is, this is one of the highlights of my week. So no, this, fortunately the show can be mobile. And, um, but anyway, I, it's one of those things where Logically, it doesn't make a lot of sense because look at Seattle has felt more like home than anywhere I've le- mm-hmm. never lived in my life, including Austin and my hometown of Tyler and, and a number of other places where mm-hmm. I've lived along the way. But I also know there was some part of me that knew it would uh, would not that I would be going and exploring other areas, yeah. not staying just necessarily totally rooted in one place in Seattle. So. I had to honor that, and I went down to Northern California, and we explored Nevada City, which mm-hmm. is very close to where you grew up in Reno. Yeah. I mean, we were in Nevada <laughs> yes. City, California, uh-huh. but uh-huh. very close to Reno, Nevada. Um, uh, we explored um, up north of the Bay Area and Petaluma and Point Reyes. Oh, yeah. We went into San Francisco, which, by the way, there's I have some. I don't want to hijack the whole mm-hmm. show, but there were some really cool stories that involve former guests on the show oh, <laughs> that, cool. that, yeah. that I do want to share. But we explored San Francisco, um, and then we went south to Santa Cruz and Los Gatos and Felton, which has a Sasquatch museum, by the way. Ooh. There's this lovely little man who has devoted his life to Sasquatch research. He knows everything about, you know, anything from Harry and the Hendersons, the movie, you know, that kind of popularized, uh, I guess, more people talking about Sasquatch. And then, of course, just the actual tapings that happened in like the 60s. And anyway, there's just a lot of fun things going on down there. We had a lovely time. Um, And it was just to see where we felt if we were kind of like a a magnetic homing device. Mm-hmm. Where did we feel the strongest pull? Yeah. And we were on the plane yesterday on the way back, and Chase looked over at me and said, okay, number one, 
here's this, number two, number three. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's my exact list too. Mm. So we felt really, we have to, we had a really magical experience in Petaluma, which is a little kind of ranch community north oh, of yeah. San Francisco. Uh-huh. And uh, there was an amazing little three-legged kitty there that just adopted us at this um, Airbnb that had like tree houses and it's Indonesian cottages. And oh wow, it was pretty magical. Does that influence your choice at all? If you feel like, okay, if I lived here, I'd be in a tree house. <laughs> I think it might. Yeah. Influ- but here's the thing. <laughs> and I promise all of this is leading somewhere that I hope will help listeners, not just me rambling on about <laughs> my life. Yeah. <laughs> okay, there's that. <laughs> but the end of story is. Yeah, so part of the reason I scheduled the trip when it when we did was um, a former guest who has now been to Seattle and uh, to do classes at East West Bookshop, among other places, uh, she also did a Sacred Supper Club event that I that I um, uh, I guess organized last year in June of 2017. Uh, uh, her name is Stephanie Levinston. She's been on the show multiple times. She is just amazing. She's my favorite spiritual channel for personal work. Um, and uh, yeah, if you want to look in the archives to get a taste of her work, Stephanie Levinston. She's been on the show several times. Anyway, she happened to meet Lynn Twist who, if listeners out there may know her from her book, The Soul of Money. It's very well known. I haven't haven't read that. Yeah, it's Mm -hmm. it's a wonderful book. I mean, it's about the soul of money. Um, And and Lynn Twist also co-founded the Pachamama Alliance, which Mm -hmm. is a big conservation organization that does amazing work um, uh, around the world. And um, anyway, Lynn Twist happened to meet Stephanie at at a Pachamama Alliance Mm -hmm. event, Mm -hmm. was so taken with her work, that she invited her to her home in San Francisco to do a an evening with Spirit, basically where Stephanie does messages for the audience. So I planned the trip Very around that. Cool. Yeah. Oh, so you got to go to that? Yes. Oh. It, it was just magical. But here's yeah. where it gets. This is where I feel like the universe. There's two. One of two ways you could have handled what I'm about to describe. I think. I Stephanie also did an event um, at the Institute of Noetic Sciences, which is mm-hmm. in Petaluma. Mm-hmm. I thought all of the events she was doing were in Petaluma. So I got our Airbnb months ago in Petaluma, okay. and there was a cancellation fee if we'd had to switch it. Mm-hmm. Then I found out about a week before, uh-oh, my event's in San Francisco, but it's only 45 minutes. Yeah. So we could have panicked and tried to find lodging in San Francisco so we didn't have to make that drive and, and have, be exactly where the event is. Mm-hmm. That was kind of this, um, being the impetus of the trip. And I just went, you know what? I think there's probably a reason. We're supposed mm-hmm. to be in Petaluma. There's yeah. a reason this little place popped up. Let's just lean into the fact that this is the way yep. that the universe, I think, was kind of behind the scenes setting this mm-hmm. up. And it was absolutely divinely mm-hmm. meant to be because we had such a magical experience in Petaluma. We were able to spend more time there to yeah. actually get to know it. And of all of the spots that my partner calls it being Twitter-pated, because mm-hmm. <laughs> like your heart, it's like, yeah. ooh, there's something here. Mm-hmm. That was the place where in the end... Because of this beautiful property, because we got more time there, because mm. there was this cute three-legged kitty that adopted yeah. us while there, there was just so much magic around it that we've got an answer about if we feel we want to explore this mm. more, we know where to go. Yeah. And we probably will. I don't know. It could be It could be next year. It could be five years. It could be never. Who knows? But mm. we are following that. Yeah. So you, when I was telling you about this, okay, tell me your (laughs) kind of about intuition. So we're following that intuition. You're following that intuition. And so one of the things, first of all, thank you for sharing your story because I I think there were many twists and turns along the way. And I even have more to tell you about the Stephanie Levinson thing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah, so I was, I, I had mentioned yesterday to you, but we talked about it this morning, that that kind of 
trying to distinguish the intuition piece um, between that and and making sure you're not coming from a place of fear or trying to get away from something, right? Yes. That you want to be moving towards something instead of getting away. So, for example, you know, I often feel frustrated with the growth of Seattle. So, you know, it's just, it's growing everywhere, right near where we live anyway. There uh, there are, um, what is it? 12 townhomes being built all on at one time on this one tiny street. It is very bizarre. I didn't know it would be happening, but it almost feels in a lot of ways. Sometimes I see it as a sign like it's time for you to go. It's time for you to go. And so I have to constantly be checking in like, is is it that it's time for me to go? Is it that intuitive hit or is it fear like, oh, no something's happening. I don't want to be here anymore. I need to get out, right? Like I need, I need to get away from this. So I think that it can be tricky for people to distinguish sometimes. Is this an intuitive hit, right? Am I, am I moving towards something or am I trying to get away? Exactly. And I do have, I will cop to this in a big way. Um, and it actually factors into a blog piece I want to write. Um, I, in college, I transferred colleges three times, mm-hmm. and I've moved a lot in my life. I've lived in a lot yeah, of different cities. Uh-huh. All of, I would say, many of my moves, I was um, running away. I thought that by changing the external scenery, I would change how I was feeling inside. Yes. And so I would, when the going got tough or I, I was uncomfortable, I would think, oh, I just need a change of scenery. And I would mm-hmm. hop to another city, hop to another school. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to be very cognizant of, is that what I'm doing right now? Here's the thing. One of my mentors, uh, Susan Hyatt, who mm-hmm. I just adore, she's a Martha Beck Master Life Coach. And she's just, she man, she's brave. And she gives me inspiration on so many levels. Um, she wrote this a fabulous blog piece a couple weeks ago about how um, just about a decade ago in her life, she was still a real estate agent. She was overweight. She was a very stressed out um, mom who didn't want to be working. Mm-hmm. And she this is all on her public page, so I'm not sharing anything. This is a really cool piece she put out there for her whole audience. Um, and she also was talking to divorce attorneys because she figured she didn't want to be married. She didn't yeah. want to live in, she lives in Evansville, Indiana. She wanted to move to, to Paris or to New York or something like that. Mm. And so she said, kicking and screaming, her husband drug her to a uh, marriage counselor. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that the marriage counselor told her was, Susan, you think you need to change your external scenery you need to do your inner scenery first. Oh, yes. And by virtue of finally stepping into a job that, or not a job, it's a calling, stepping into the calling she came here to live by getting healthier and not losing mm-hmm. weight to, for aesthetic reasons, but just for health and strength and mm-hmm. feeling good mm-hmm. in your body reasons, um, got her marriage all spiffed up. And man, she is killing it and in love with her life now. Whereas she could have left her city, left her marriage and all that. And so her point was, are you really doing your inner work or Mm -hmm. are you looking for external stuff? And I read that and I thought, oh, she is spot on because for years Mm -hmm. I went for changing the external scenery. But here's the thing. What if you've done the inner work and the external scenery still needs to change? Yeah, Yeah. it's such a good question, right? Because it's kind of that like. Wherever you go, there you are. Yes. Right? And anytime, you know, at least when I was growing up, when um, when things got tough for my family, we would move. It was always oh. that we would move nearly 
annually. I mean, we never stayed anywhere for very long. So a big skill set that I've had to develop as an adult is how to stay, how Ah. to believe that you can stay even when things are hard, that you don't just go. Because by just getting up and going, we're never really, we're, we're not always solving the problem. And yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's like I've been doing a lot of inner work for mm-hmm. years and it's Seattle was my end all be all. You know, I the Seattle was the first move that I made that I really can say I moved toward something. And what I was that? wanted to be here. 2013. So okay. a year after you. OK. And it was always my dream. Seattle was my dream. But I had fallen in love with it circa 2009, 2010. Okay. Um, so it's quite a bit different now. And and that's just a fact that I've had to really accept and that I've mourned the loss of what I thought it would be. Yeah. But I, you know, I really leaned in. I wanted to be here and it felt like everything lined up for me in this really unique and magical way. And now five years into it, I feel very different. And the external landscape actually is different. Yes. Right. So how do I hold both that? Yes. I've done some internal work. The that Seattle is not exactly how I expected it to be. Yeah. So when do I know that it's okay to go? Right? Like right. when is that when I think that that's that intuitive sense that I you know that I want to make sure is there before I'm making any moves again in my life. I don't want to just keep shifting like you're yes. saying. Yeah. Right? And I also don't want to hold myself down and say, you know, you need to stay here because you've never stayed anywhere. Right. So this is interesting because I came across this tool. Martha Beck has been doing some um, Facebook live videos, what she calls the gathering room once a week on Sundays. These are Mm -hmm. all on her public Facebook page. Mm -hmm. But she has this tool. It's um, so you you have you ever worn glasses? Have we talked? Yes. 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 Okay. Uh huh. So, you know, when you go wearing them this morning, did I even notice that? Oh my no, gosh. you didn't see me. With I was them. about to say, I don't think I've ever seen you in glasses. I'm like, I thought about wearing them here. It's oh, like a Sasquatch did. sighting. You know? <laughs> <laughs> may have or may not have, depending on the. Was the it person. there or was it not? Right. right. I don't know. See? Who can say? Sorry. So now that I have confirmed that you do have glasses, so you've been to the ophthalmologist before. Yes. Okay. I have contacts in right now. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I and I wore I wore glasses from age nine until I had LASIK. Well, I had contacts basically because I already had red hair and I felt so awkward as a child. No. My parents were sweet enough to let me have contacts and not like give me glasses when I was already like <laughs> freckled and redheaded in elementary school. Anyway. Um, but I spent so many years in that ophthalmologist chair where they put that big machine up to your face yes. and it, they, they will sample lenses for you and they'll say, number one or number two? And you mm-hmm. get to say, okay, one is crisper. One or three? And they'll mm-hmm. go, okay, three. Three or four? And then, you know, they just yes. keep flipping until you get to the place where it's most clear. Yeah. That's the tool I've been using to feel into this. Oh, and so yeah. specifically in like comparing those five or six towns in California, is this one warmer, colder, mm-hmm. warmer, colder. And by doing that, it was kind of how I came to my decision. So if you were to use that, yeah, okay, like it. would you need somewhere to compare it to, though, like Seattle or Portland, <laughs> Seattle or L.A.? Well, or I, love, I love the sing-songiness of the ophthalmologist's <laughs> office. That's how they do it. One or two. Yes. 
two, or three. And then I always am afraid of flunking the test. I get so anxious. I feel like they're setting it up by the ups and the downs. Right. Oh. Three or two. Do you right? right? So the inflection is on the one you don't want to pick, right? right? If it's and down. And I'm like, oh, God, yeah, three? I think I two's think better, even though you didn't make it sound like it was supposed to be better. What, what do I do? Right? And then they'll just repeat the same thing. Uh-huh. Can we start uh-huh. over? Yeah. 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 That, to me, feels like a metaphor to my life, too, because I'm oh, just yeah. like, I cannot decide. Okay. And then I'm just like, what do you think, ophthalmologist? You know, you know the answer. Tell me what the answer is. Um, so, I, yeah, I think one of the comparisons that I make is to Bellingham. Okay. Okay. Because I there's still some things that I can hold on to with my community here, especially with what I've built with lady bosses that I, you know, some yeah. things that I'm like, I want to see where this goes. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not certain how big it will get but I don't know that it's time yet to walk away from it yeah um and a move to Bellingham doesn't require that I step away from that entirely or that I have to do anything with my license to practice therapy yes um which moving to a different state I'm sure you know as when you're an attorney it's it's kind of a pain right but so I do that kind of comparison where it's like this one or this This, one right and there is a lot of things that with Bellingham that feel a little bit more clearer to me. Yes. And for me, a lot of it is just the um, the vibe there, uh, less people. It feels yeah. like an easier, there, it's more easeful for yeah. me at a very soul level. There's a part of me similar to what you were talking about with Susan Hyatt that I think, oh, if I'm going to live my best life, I need to be in Paris or living in New Zealand or some. What am I doing here, right? Yeah. But it, I think it can be as simple as like, I just need a little bit of a smaller space. I love to still be on the water. Yeah. So there are some things that I feel a little bit more of a leaning there. But then I also think, well, it's still gray. It's still very gray mm-hmm. there. So mm-hmm. I don't I, – and I think that the confusion is Seattle was supposed – like you had said Seattle was your um, – you know, you didn't intend for it to be a forever place. Yeah. And that was my intention in moving you. Yeah. This is going to be my forever place. So in that way, my intuition, I almost feel like it, it's fallen asleep in that way. Well, maybe. Or, you know, the other thing that comes to mind. So Martha Beck, of course, lives in this ra- lives on this ranch in San Luis Obispo. Mm-hmm. Now, for decades before she moved to this ranch, she had had dreams of this ranch. Like, and she would wake up feeling the way she describes it she would wake up opening her eyes expecting to look around and see this ranch in california mm-hmm. at the time she was living in phoenix arizona in a in a neighborhood okay that's why arizona was coming to mind for me with her okay. yeah okay. yeah exactly so but for decades these dreams increased with specificity and clarity mm. and frequency until at some point she could see this ranch she would be living on. It had three structures, housing structures. It had a round pin. It had like um, this orchard thing or something. It had, so she was able to, at, at a certain point, plug into Google all of these characteristics that she saw. And lo and behold, one ranch was up for sale. Mm. It cost her entire life savings at the time mm-hmm. to do it. And when they pulled up to look at it, this was kind of like the little like stamp of, you know, God wink or whatever you would yeah. call it, stamp from the universe. She pulled up and her logo is a butterfly. Mm-hmm. The gates to the property that she would be living in had a butterfly on oh, it. Oh, yeah. So she just, yes. that, there's verification. Okay, but this is all leading up. This was 30 years. She, this was the place that she was being called to. This was it. Mm-hmm. And in the past six months, she has announced that the ranch is going up for sale and she's moving. 
She oh. is now feeling called to go somewhere else. I don't know if she's made the announcement yet. If she has, yeah, please okay. message me on my website because I obviously <laughs> haven't been, um, I've been a little disconnected for the past uh, couple of weeks because of her vacation and everything yeah. um, in preparation for that. But um, my hunch is I wouldn't be surprised if she goes to South Africa, but I have okay. no idea. Yeah. I have no idea. Um, that would just be my little intuitive yeah. prediction. But this was supposed to be her forever home. Yeah. And now the the she's being guided to obviously go somewhere else. And instead mm. of holding tight, oh, my gosh, I dreamed about this place for 30 years yes. and this was supposed to be it. She's just leaning into the change, riding yeah. that wave, you know. Well, and I love that because I think that there that is about giving giving yourself permission to change. Yes. Right? And I think that so often we make these declarations of this is my end all be all place. I think about that, you know, with my education or career, this is supposed to be, this is supposed to be what I'm doing for the rest of my life. Yeah. So it doesn't give me any permission to just say, I've changed my mind or I feel yes. different or I've grown in these different ways that no longer match this environment. Yes. Right? And just making sure that, that you're feeling stable steady in that right rather than running from something but yeah I think it's giving yourself permission Mm -hmm. which I don't think we do enough oh absolutely Mm -hmm. not and also I think keeping in mind that we're in a time period where futurists because of the rate of change and the amount of change happening at any given time Mm -hmm. they're unable to even make predictions these days because things are changing so much and so it's more like um, being on a surfboard riding the wave instead of what I think our our um, culture, Martha Beck talks about this a lot. Um, we've always been like the culture, like stay for 30 years and get your gold watch and mm-hmm. no, don't move and all yes. that kind of stuff. But now the way that things are happening, and I think there's a spiritual reason behind all mm-hmm. of it. We, it's, I think in addition to giving ourselves permission, like this is almost becoming what's required of us to be of able as structures fall, as institutions fail, as mm-hmm. things are just completely coming off their foundation, um, we can be ready to embrace that mm-hmm. instead of grasping so tightly yeah. to things remaining the same. Well, you know, what? it makes me think like uh, I've been thinking a lot about this, for example, with education or career. That typically is something that people have chosen a lot of times, let's say, in their 20s, mm-hmm. right? Let's say it's like early 20s. You make a decision in college as far as what you're going to do for the rest of your life. And then, you know, there's 10 years pass, 15 years pass, and and then there ends up being this sort of life crisis as far as like, what do I want to do with my life? Why do I hate my career? Why do? And there's this expectation that you should still be interested in something that you chose in your 20s. Yeah. And, you know, we wouldn't even keep a pair of shoes that long. And yet we have this expectation, you know, no matter what, we should want to remain, whether what whatever it is, in the yeah. location we chose, in a relationship that's no longer serving us well, uh-huh. in a career that's no longer serving serving us well. And it was from a decision that we maybe made when we were, I mean, some people, some of my clients, 21, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, oh, man, I, I mostly don't want to do anything that I wanted to do when I was 21. Well, that's probably a good thing. I do not want that person <laughs> deciding for me, my 21-year-old no. self, right? So I just think it's a it's a constant revision and rewriting um, all of the time and being willing to rediscover where you are now. Yes. And that also, I know I'm looking at our time and yeah. I know we're going to take our break, um, but I'll just say before we roll into that, um, that, that other thing about that Susan Hyatt piece, 
I chose my marriage when I was in my early 20s, when my mm. values were very different, when my um, what I thought a relationship was supposed to be, all of those things changed yeah. dramatically. And so, you know, I have done a lot of my inner work, and I know that that relationship, my marriage, was not where I was supposed to be. And I will take it even a step further, and I'm, I'm really, like, trying to give myself permission mm-hmm. here. That was not the person I wanted to be with anymore. I yeah. knew that, that I could have stayed, but you know what? It's okay to want something different. And yes. I'm, I'm speaking as much to give myself that permission as to anyone else out there um, because I think we have these sometimes these ideas around marriage or around um, jobs or things like that that we just have to stay till the bitter end. Yes. Even if it kills us just because we've, we've made a commitment. Mm-hmm. But as facts and information change and as we change, yeah, permission mm-hmm. to, if you've done all your inner work, Yes, you can still change your external scenery, and that is okay. That is okay. (laughs) And on that note, we'll go to our break. Uh, You're listening to Sunny in Seattle. Uh, This is Sunny Joy, joined by Alessandra Duke, and we will be back in just a few. Are you ready to get unstuck from a bad marriage and embrace your best life? If you're anything like me, you may have spent years creating a life that looks pretty good on paper. There's just one problem. Your marriage is unhappy and unfulfilling but you're too scared to trade your comfortable life for a future full of unknowns. In my new book, Unhitched, I will give you the tools you need to make the right decisions about your marriage, as well as the confidence that your future can be better and brighter than you can even imagine. I share my own very personal story, and I will guide you through a clear process that will enable you to answer the question, should I stay or should I go? It's a process that will help you tune out fears and unwanted advice, and instead tune into your own intuition and inner wisdom as well as exit a marriage gracefully and feel secure about your future. Get ready to trade confusion and stagnation for your best life. Unhitched, unlock your courage and clarity and unstick your bad marriage. Available for pre-order today on Amazon.com. After countless tries to find healing for a devastating low back pain, Dr. Andy Marone met with his mentor and discovered a balance and clarity he never thought possible. He left his job as a software engineer and began a lifelong journey of learning the power of quality chiropractic care and enzyme nutrition and never looked back. He believes in not just treating pain, but removing roadblocks and paving the way to a happy and healthy life. Join Dr. Andy's Wellness Corner Mondays from 9 to 10 a.m. on Seattle's Alternative Talk, a.m. 1150. Sunny in Seattle, radio that positively shines. Swimming pools can be lots of fun, but they can be dangerous too, especially for young children. Always practice simple safety steps to prevent tragedies. Fence all pools. Teach kids to swim. And always watch them around water. No horseplay. Simple steps save lives. To learn new life-saving steps, visit PoolSafely.gov. A public service message from the U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission. Well, hi, I'm Rebecca Callahan. I host a show each and every Wednesday at 1 p.m. called Soulful Synchronicities. I want you to start noticing those synchronicities that are happening every day in your life. Plus, I'm here to help you empower yourself to find that happy you might have only dreamt of before but so richly deserve. Let's grow together, shall we? Look for it. Soulful Synchronicities with me, Rebecca Callahan, Wednesdays at 1 p.m. right here on 1150 KKNW. Notice anything different? You should. There's no other station like Alternative Talk, 1150 AM. 
Welcome back to Sunny in Seattle. I am one host, Sunny Joy, joined by Dr. Alessandra Duke. Yes, and jamming out in the studio to Benny's awesome musical selections. Just roller skating away. Oh, oh I love yeah. Did you did you two do a lot with the roller skating rinks when you were young? That was Heck like a yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I and still I, love roller skating. I, we I would even I had a little dance group and we would mm-hmm. go do dances. Were they like called the hot shots or something? I don't even know. I could see that. Something you, ridiculous. You're the, you're the lead in the hot shots. Oh, totally. Yeah. Totally. And was I was, me. every year for Halloween, I was roller girl because I loved roller skating so much and that was my excuse to be able Halloween's to Halloween's going to be very eventful this year. I, I haven't been <laughs> roller girl I, for a couple well, of years Well, I think now, you have to, re- oh, you have to yeah. break it back out. Yeah. Well, I still have I the outfit so. and the skates. So. Are you good at skating? Um, I can skate backwards. Oh, yeah. hey. Yeah. But not forward. No. <laughs> Right. <laughs> no, other than being like a, like a couple feet going backwards. No, not that. Oh, well played. <laughs> well, so so you've got some stories, Sunny, that yeah. you wanted to share. And I do. Well, I had a little note here. I do have to send a quick shout out. Um, so a fabulous Sacred Supper Club member. Um, and for those out there who aren't familiar with it, Sacred Supper Club is a dinner event. That uh, for the past several years we've done quarterly. We're we're a little behind on getting our spring one out but it's coming don't worry we're going to probably have one in austin maybe another one in la and then i think seattle in any event it's just a fun way to come together and get shamelessly spiritual and have a fun dinner party all at the same time so one of our fabulous members who came all the way to la for our event is nancy schlegel and she um, is from northern california and she came out and she gave she met us out she went we went to the event together at stephanie's um as well we were there together uh, and um, she just gave wonderful lists. My partner is on cider, is on a cider kick mm-hmm. these days because he, he has some hops and barley allergies, yeah. so he can't do beer anymore. She made us a list of all these cider places and the areas we're going to. Anyway, Aww. thank you, Nancy, Thanks, for making Nancy. California so special. Um, but in any event, I wanted to just share before we move on to this uh, concept of living your mostly great life, <laughs> which I think is awesome. We'll explain more. We'll let Alessandra yeah, explain yeah. more. But the, the last thing that I'll just mention, and this is not only a testament to how gifted Stephanie Levinston as a spiritual channel, but just another one of those little um, those breadcrumbs from the universe that you get that I just want to share because hearing other people's was always inspiring to me. Mm-hmm. So in thinking about this, so keeping in mind, Stephanie had this event in San Francisco. And so each person that was there that night got to ask one question and the answer would come from your higher self or a transitioned loved one or your mm-hmm. guides or, you know, an, an animal or something. Um, and so I just wanted to ask about guidance about California. You know, yeah. what do I need to know, basically? Oh, wonderful. Yeah. Um, you know, is this is this is what I'm feeling? It, am I running towards something in mm-hmm. California or am I running away from something? Am mm-hmm. I, uh, you know, am I being healthy in this decision? And basically the answer that came through was don't ask questions that you already know the answer to. Meaning, oh. I mean, my intuition, I mean, I've there's a reason I feel drawn. It was yeah. very playful. But here's the thing. I didn't tell Stephanie in my intro to give her a little bit, bit of background about my question that I keep having this this the the symbol or the vision that comes through to me about this whole idea of California is, you know, you have a little plant or a seedling that is planted in a nursery and mm-hmm. then you let it grow in the safe, warm nursery environment mm-hmm. until it gets to a large enough size is a little plant that you can transport it somewhere else or transplant it somewhere else. And that will be where it really puts down its roots and grows. But you need to get it to that nice nourished place Mm -hmm. before you can replant it somewhere else. And I feel like Seattle has been the nursery and this Mm -hmm. idea on the little seedling and perhaps that 
I will now be planted and grow, be able to put roots somewhere else. And so as she's doing this channeling, I haven't shared any of this with her. She keeps going, Sunny, I'm seeing plants. Why am I seeing plants? What does this have to do with anything? So at the tail end of the my answer, I yeah. validated for her. Um, probably the reason you're seeing plants is because all I've been getting is this vision of a nursery with little plants, and I'm the little <laughs> seedling that's yeah. like been like healed and nourished and grown in Seattle, yes. and then now I have the strength and the, you know, I've I've I've, I've done my work, and now mm-hmm. it's time to put down roots, perhaps. So that you can yeah. flourish and exactly. really grow, right? Exactly. So anyway, mm-hmm. I just, yeah, another thank you to Stephanie and, and for you guys out there. Her website is stephanielevinston.com. She's amazing. Um, yeah, but mm-hmm. anyway, that was just another one of those little nods to me that, yeah. you know, that I am my, I'm following my intuition, and, mm-hmm. and it's, I can trust it. Yeah. Well, and I was curious, too. I mean, when you mentioned, you know, you told Martha Beck's story about mm-hmm. her having these dreams and these mm-hmm. visions coming mm-hmm. to her about the ranch. Mm-hmm. Have you noticed any dreams coming to you or even in, you know, meditation? I mean, OK, if you haven't, but just curious if anything's been coming to you. In that no, way. not in that way. I mean, I'm totally open to that. Um, and I, I don't mind working with dreams. It's funny. I, I've noticed that I feel like the primary way that I get my stuff is that feeling of is it is it is this better or is this better and feeling that in my heart space Mm -hmm. if that makes any sense yeah it's a feeling of constriction or expansion depending on what I'm letting my awareness restaurant rest on so for example Santa Cruz that was not for us right less than worse than (laughs) yes and then I go to Petaluma Ooh, I feel like a joy and expansion in my heart and so I feel like being able some people receive their intuitive information Um, In an auditory way, some people Mm -hmm. see those Mm -hmm. things. The only vision I've gotten is of the little seedling in a nursery. I love it. Well, and I like that you, you know, you're talking about that expansion piece because I think that that is a really good way to navigate those decisions because Mm -hmm. so often we're, we're staying in our heads and not fully tuning into the rest of our body, right? Right. The the gut sense and heart sense, right? And I think we've talked about this a little bit before, right? But uh, we can't make decisions from... From the place just going round and round yeah. and round in our minds, right? Because yeah. we can logic ourselves out of any situation, right? Or, exactly. or, or logic ourselves into believing yeah. that a situation is right when it's not entirely right for us or right, yeah. or the right fit. So I think that that's um, a really neat strategy. And I mean, when I'm hearing you talk about it, it doesn't sound like you're running from anything because you are, you're like doing a slow heartfelt investigation yes into what feels right and this also I um, I feel like I've heard somewhere that there were studies on people who have had the uh, I don't know if it's through accident or injury or something certain portions of their brain associated like how they process emotions Mm -hmm. uh, go offline so all they're left with is the rational left brain pro con list type uh, decision maker part of the brain and they can't make decisions without the emotional part. They're mm-hmm. like at completely at a loss. Right. So I think, I mean, from even from a, a brain uh, structure, brain science, I guess mm-hmm. is the best way to put it, we are, need to involve emotion and heart yes. in our decisions. Otherwise, it just doesn't work. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, and I think that when we're, we're making decisions just from our our minds and not our hearts, that's when we get these deep, I, I call them soul cries, that uh, where there yeah. is something in you that just knows this is not right. Yes. I need, I need to stop. 
whatever it is, a job or a relationship. That was in me in my old life. That's yes. exactly what it felt like. Yeah. What you just described it, articulated uh-huh. it beautifully. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. awesome. I've felt that, you know, a couple of different times in my life where it's like, you know, I could reason my way. Say there was a job that I, you know, that I, I knew wasn't a good fit, but it was benefiting me in some other ways, you know, some financially, but I think just also having connections, steady paycheck, whatever it was. And so I could ration, I can use my rationale to be there, but I just kept having this, there was no other way to describe it, but this deep soul cry, this almost like it felt like this asking within like, please no more please stop, huh. please get out of this. Like oh, wow. I can't do it anymore. Right. Yeah. And I could, I could tell myself like, no, we're fine. We're going to keep going. Yeah. And then ultimately I just, I decided I needed to shift. There was something that was ready to do something greater. Yes. And I'm so glad I did. Yeah. Heck yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's, and I want, I, I want to make sure we have time to talk about this. The mostly, the mostly, yeah. but I will just on, on that note, you know, you listened to that voice. And I think mm-hmm. so you, by honoring those cries, the situation didn't get worse. And it makes me think of the way Martha describes. So Martha Beck, when she was still in academia and she had fibromyalgia, mm-hmm. she said it was just she could it was like clockwork. The closer she tried to stay with academia and force herself to do that, the worse her fibromyalgia symptoms got. Oh, yeah. Whereas when she worked on what she called, it was like having an affair with this memoir she was writing about her mm-hmm. son with Down syndrome called Expecting Adam. She said when she would go toward that, it was like she could write for hours. Her symptoms went away. Her hands mm-hmm. allowed her to type, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So it's just, I feel like by us, you and I both listening to that, not, I don't think the universe will ever punish. It's not being malevolent. It's mm-hmm. more like, it's this benevolent, loving way, and it's going to get louder and louder and louder. And if you're not going to listen to just the stirrings in your heart, you may have to get some physical symptoms, yes. perhaps, oh, that will absolutely. help. So, so cave early. <laughs> so yeah. Listen to the voice. So. Give in. Yeah. Yeah, because exactly. when I think about those times, it's like I was <laughs> I was sick all of the time. Really? Yeah, I was coming down with colds left and See? right. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, it felt like. And I, I think even my boss started to, you know, get suspicious, like, mm, are you really sick that often? And it, But yes. Yes, you were. Yes, I was. Yes, ah. it was showing up in a very, very bizarre way. Yeah. So, so for those out the soul there, cry. exactly. If that, if what we just said resonates for you, if you think you're getting your body, is like the body is the final messenger. If your mm-hmm. body is talking to you, maybe listen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. So what is this? I I loved this. You wrote, we were, cause t- Alessandra and I always check in before the show to talk about, you know, things that are going on for us that we want to talk about. And you said living your best life versus living your mostly great life. Okay. What is that about? <laughs> yeah. I've just been thinking, and this, this happened, um, recently in a situation. So, uh, there's so much pressure right now to just live your best life. Yeah. Right. And it's, I, think I, I mean, say that. Yeah. Live your best <laughs> Life. Sorry. And there's there's a lot of advertising for that and uh-huh. a lot of, you know, coaches saying you can live your best life. Uh-huh. And Oprah, I think, started, yeah, I think uh, so. you know, live your best life. <laughs> and I think that that concept is wonderful. Right. And a lot of people have sought out things that make them feel full and alive and, you know, a lot of vitality. But then there's also a lot of pressure. Like if we're just constantly trying to live our best life, then does that where does the you know, just some rest or a little bit of like gluttony come in, right? (laughs) Where you're like, yes, my best life would be if I was taking up, you know, this opportunity to go on this trip with a friend and we could travel the world and I could live my best life. But really, I'm tired and I'm exhausted. I want to watch Netflix. 
I want that to be okay to not live my best life for a second. Ah. So could I live my mostly great life, you know, where it's mostly great? Yes. You know? And there can be those that take that pressure off, you know. As an example, I I recently, um, when I was, I was in Bellingham a couple of weekends ago, and um, I just got... I don't, I don't know. I just got in a, in a bad mood and it happened. It just so happened. I felt like what a coincidence. My, my friend was actually visiting in Bellingham. She was doing an improv comedy show and I thought, oh, how cool that Uh she happens to be there and we're here and we should do that. But I was tired. I was hungry. I was just all, I had a lot of basic needs going (laughs) on. I'm getting all fussy. (laughs) And my partner is saying like, well, what do you want to do? Do you want to go to this? Do you not? And I'm like, I have no idea. (laughs) I'm freaking out. And she says, um, how about if you just took it, took the live your best life off the table? Like you don't have to live your best life and join up with your friend and go to a comedy club. Like take that off the table. And then what do you do? And I just said, I just want to rest. <gasps> no. What is she? How wise. I know. I know. And, you know, and I heard a client say this recently, too, where she's like, she said, I'm absolutely exhausted. She said, I've been traveling with friends. I've been going to all these happy hours. She rolled her eyes and said, I've been living my best life. (laughs) (laughs) And she said, and I'm exhausted. So I've just been thinking more about like, what if the, what if the concept was more like live your mostly great life? Yes. You know, rather than the pressure of always having it to be the best, 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 best. Yeah. I, I like this. I think you'd said this could be a very good book idea. Mm -hmm. Living Mm -hmm. your mostly great life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I already trademarked it, so don't okay. copy it. <laughs> Trademark <laughs> for anyone out there. <laughs> don't steal my idea. <laughs> yeah, I like that because I feel an intense amount of pressure. I'm in a, I'm in a, I guess you could call it like a mastermind group of mm-hmm. sorts around my business, and um, and people in the group, I know better than to compare and despair. But there are already folks in this group who are writing. There, a lot of them are authors that I've have published. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and mm-hmm. so they're already onto their second books. And I'm like, Phew, I don't know if I've even enjoyed the first book. Yeah. And then I start to feel incredibly like behind on my best mm-hmm. life. <laughs> and so right. I like this idea of mostly. Great. Okay, so what would mostly great look like, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of work? Yeah. and Yeah, I mean, it's like we're all, I think, like living your best life, it, you know, and maybe some people would disagree with this, but it, it doesn't take into consideration that just as humans, we have bad days. There are things that are yes. frustrating. There are things that are really annoying. There are days that are really boring. There are times when like terrible things are happening around you and yes. it's not the great day and you're you're not living your best life right so if we're we're doing if we're doing mostly great we can be that can mean that we're pretty much contented in our lives that we're doing work that serves us well that we're in relationships that yes make us mostly happy but that it's okay if sometimes you don't even want to be in that relationship <laughs> right because that <laughs> happens to me at least a few days every month where I'm like, get on out of here, you know, I'm ready to be single again. But I mean, and I think that living your best life and always being on, you know, kind of feels, it almost feels in some ways like, um, 
just that very what is traditionally masculine approach to going oh, like I yeah. need to be the best 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 in my best life I am giving these talks every day I'm already writing my second book I'm you know I've got the best fashion I'm I yes. look like my Pinterest board I'm <laughs> traveling I live my best life but that's a lot of work ben. yes that's a lot of work so I would say like it's amazing that you wrote one book. Are you kidding? <laughs> and to sit and be and allow yourself to be in the glory of that without this heightened pressure to like be better, be better, be better. Yes. I just yeah. think that that is a more contented way to be. Yeah. And I also think I like Anita Morjani's take on, you know, we sign up to be on earth because there's going to be stuff that comes up we get to be human because when we're not in these physical bodies if we're in the ethereal realms things are pretty easy yeah well I wouldn't say always because who knows exactly what Mm -hmm. but at least from her perception you know that's where you know manifestation is instant we don't have all the the emotions jerking us all around Mm -hmm. so why not lean into the being human part of it and it doesn't always have to be best it can just be Mostly, what is it? Mostly great. Mostly great. <laughs> right. Yeah. And even, you know, as as a psychologist, I see all kinds of people that are really struggling with, you know, depression, anxiety. Yeah. And there's then a lot of pressure to like, you should be living your best life. And I just <laughs> don't think that that can apply to everyone all the time. No, because when we do, I this is what I wrote about in my the, my last blog piece about the crying on the way to work because I finally I was starting to feel better. Yeah, we talked about that yeah, on the show. Yeah. I finally was like, ah, oh, I'm back in flow. But for the month or two where I was not doing so hot after you know those losses from of a couple friends and mm-hmm. uh, family member and being sick and all that, I noticed that the things that I tried to force myself to create during those times mm-hmm. were not. They didn't come from that place of inspired flow. And so yeah. when, when you don't allow yourself the mostly great versus the right. best, <laughs> right. then you end up, I think, spinning your wheels and you don't have a lot to show for mm-hmm. it, even if you've been busy doing. Yeah. You know? yeah. And that, again, is the permission piece like we talked about earlier, like allowing yourself to have it be okay that mm-hmm. you're human or have it be okay that you're having a rough day or that you're struggling or whatever mm-hmm. it is and that you can still have a mostly wonderful life without the pressure of it being your best life. I like that. Okay, so that will be that will be how we bring our show to a close <laughs> is encouraging you to go live your mostly great life. Yeah. <laughs> go live your mostly great life. <laughs> yeah. Let yourself off the hook. <laughs> so if you want to find out more about Alessandra and mm-hmm. Lady Bosses. Yes, go to AlessandraDuke.com or seattleladybosses.com. Yes, and of course my website is goldenoversoul.com. And next week, I am so excited. I think she has been our most frequent return guest. I adore her. Sarah Landon, a spiritual channel for a group called The Council out of Santa Barbara. She's amazing, and we're so excited to welcome her back. Uh, Tune in next week to find out more. You've been listening to Sunny in Seattle. This is Sunny Joy and Dr. Alessandra Duke. Signing off. Go enjoy your weekend. Bye.